The Google Podcast app is going away in April. Right now, I want you to take a look at the podcast app you're using right now. Maybe it's time for a new one. Check out podcastapps.com and try a new one for free right now. That's podcastapps.com. We want the big breaks to the bag. We're going to get that. Shining like I was a ghetto bird. I don't want to leave the ghetto first. I'm Andrea Askowitz. I'm Allison Langer. And this is Writing Class Radio. You'll hear true personal stories and learn how to write your own stories. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. By heart, we mean the truth in a story. By art, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives, writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out our shit. There's no place in the world like writing class, and we want to bring you in. Okay, so today on our show, we're bringing you a story by Maxine Pupko, otherwise known as Poop. I'm going to give you a little bio of Maxine, but before I do, I just wanted to give you a little hint about what this story is about. And I feel like this story is a brilliant example of taking the listener or the reader into a world, a world that many people do not know. So primarily that's what I feel like it's about, but it's also about relationships and character development and without a rant, you know, like really, really showing um, instead of just telling. So all those things are what you are going to hear in Maxine's story. Maxine Pupko is a writer, a registered nurse, and a health advocate. She teaches writing workshops at the International Women's Writing Guild Summer Conferences, and her stories have been published in The Sun and the book A Waste is a Terrible Thing to Mind by Jan Phillips. Maxine is a student of Writing Class Radio, which she says is her favorite thing to do. Thank you, Maxine. We love you. (laughs) My favorite thing to do, too. Mine, too. Back with Maxine's story after the break. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Hey, this is Allison, host of Writing Class Radio. I know there are many of you out there who don't have access to a writing group or someone to look over your essay or manuscript. If that's the case, I can help. I'm available to help you whip your essay into shape. I'll read through your draft, offer suggestions, line edits, and I'll spend time with you brainstorming for the best possible ending. But be prepared to answer the question, what is this story about? Because if you don't know, nobody knows. You know, sometimes it takes more than a bath or a long walk to figure this out. It takes a brutal editor who will tell you what works, what needs more explaining, and what needs to go. For more information, visit writingclassradio.com. Then email allison at writingclassradio.com. Use the code WCR and your first 15 minutes is free. We're back. This is Andrea Askowitz, and you're listening to Writing Class Radio. Up next is Maxine Pupko reading her story, Once a Year, Our Dead Mom Unites My Sister and Me. 
My sister and I meet yearly at our mother's grave. Our mom has been gone for 33 years. She's buried at Lakeside Memorial, a large Jewish cemetery in Miami. We were raised in traditional Orthodox Judaism, adhering to the many laws and observances. The Sabbath and Jewish holidays were days of rest, going to synagogue and no use of electricity. My mother kept a kosher kitchen complete with two sets of dishes. When I became an adult, I gradually stopped adhering to the rules. The process of letting go of living a Jewish lifestyle was difficult emotionally. As a child going to a religious school, I believed in the Jewish God who set up 613 commandments for the Jewish people, and I was taught I would be punished for not following them. The problem, though, was that I couldn't follow the rules. I was hungry on Jewish holidays when I was supposed to fast for 24 hours, so I snuck food where no one was looking. I left the synagogue to play with friends instead of staying inside and praying. I rebelled against anyone who told me what to do or what not to do. Eventually, I had to follow my own path. I didn't go to synagogue on Sabbath and holidays. I didn't follow all the strict food rules, and I dressed the way I wanted to, which was usually jeans and t-shirt, instead of the long skirts and wigs the women in my community wore. I desecrated the rules of modesty. I was an outsider to my tribe and became part of a more artistic, free-spirited, and creative community of friends. My sister and I fought a lot as kids. We shared a bedroom. Occasionally we talked and laughed, but mostly we argued. She got me into trouble for leaving tissues on the floor and listening to the radio way past my bedtime. She tattled to our mother and I got hit for misbehaving. I hated my sister for that. We're both grandmothers now. My sister still maintains the Orthodox Jewish lifestyle like our mom did. Other than family, deaths, and weddings, the only time I see her is when we meet at the cemetery to visit mom. I always have trouble finding my mom's grave. I drive into the cemetery, go straight for two blocks, right on Galilee. Is it left at Sinai? Mommy, where are you? I call my sister for directions. She always knows where the grave is. She gets there first. She was more like my mother. Both of them rule followers. I'm sure my mom liked her best. They had more in common, enjoyed being in each other's company. My mother and I constantly argued. My sister was all dressed up and waiting for me at my mother's grave. She wore her religious, married woman mandated wig called a shaitel. It was stylishly coiffed and had blonde highlights. She wore our mother's diamond earrings, watch and wedding band, a long black skirt and a silky beige top covered her arms. Modesty, covering of the body, is an important Jewish law. She looked pretty. I was wearing a short sleeve t-shirt 
with a logo of a woman running with a wolf and my favorite jeans with holes at the knees. My hair was in a messy ponytail under an old straw hat. I didn't wear any of the jewelry my mother left for me. It wasn't my style. My sneakers were covered in paint from art class. My sister brought a few little rocks, which she placed on top of mom's tombstone, which is a Jewish tradition. Then she opened her black prayer book and began mumbling the prayers for the dead. Sheker hachen, vehevel hayofi, isha yirat adonai, hitit halal, tnu lami priyadeha, vya Ashe Arim Maaseha. I searched the ground for a few rocks. I would have liked to bring a more personal object, like the small crystal heart sitting on my bookshelf, but I forgot. I opened my backpack looking for something special. I found a little square candy wrapped in gold foil. Mom loved candy, but she rarely allowed herself to eat it. I snuck the treat onto the top of the gravestone and covered it with leaves. I took off my sneakers so I could feel the earth. My sister glanced at me, stopped her prayers and said, you can't take your shoes off in a cemetery. You're walking on mommy. I ignored her. The ground felt cool under my feet. It made me feel closer to my mother. My sister went back to her prayers and I felt good about my contribution to my mom's tombstone. Before exiting the cemetery, we symbolically washed our hands. There's an old fashioned water pump for this ritual. Years ago, we named it the Helen Keller pump. As kids, my sister and I loved the movie, The Miracle Worker. We stood at the pump like always. I washed my hands first and imitated Helen Keller, slowly saying the word, water. My sister washed her hands next, saying, water the same way. We suddenly laughed and our laughter just became hysterical. I know making fun of someone with disabilities is mean. I know better, so I'm always ashamed. It's also sacrilegious, so seeing my sister break a rule makes it devious and fun. In those moments at the pump, I always feel a deep connection to my sister. All our differences seem to dissolve in the cleansing water, and suddenly we are two young little girls, sisters, laughing together. I love this story. I really, really love this story. And I really feel her, her pain, her humor, her like torment, the whole thing. I don't know if it's her voice or if it's the way she told the story or wrote the story, but I really get it. She took us into this world and I felt a part of this Orthodox Jewish world and the tradition and the way it just drowned her and just maybe the shame or the 
how she felt with like her sister and her mom. Like I just felt the whole tension of the whole piece. I thought she did an excellent job with character. Like I see the narrator's character versus the sister's character. So right from the very beginning, like we really, she, she like takes us through, I I just, I, right now it was like, oh, wow, really well done. The way she laid out like that there's 613 commandments. The problem though, I couldn't follow the rules. So she just like states it. And then she tells us which rules she couldn't follow. Like she was hungry when she was supposed to fast. She wanted to wear jeans and a t-shirt instead of the wig that she describes her sister in later. So we get totally distinct personalities right from the beginning. Love that. When she's at the grave, oh, what about the chanting? That was beautiful. So good. Yeah. You know what that did for me? It made me like trust this narrator. Like she's not just saying, I grew up in this world. She's like embodied it. Like she's saying in Hebrew, hardcore. That was cool. Hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I had not heard the chanting yet. So that was exciting. And then, okay. <laughs> she, she puts candy, covers it with a leaf. And then the sister's like, you're walking on mommy. I love the candy in the shoes. Oh, so good. I know. So good. Okay. Then what did you think about the handling of the Helen Keller moment? So I thought she admits like, yeah, we're assholes, but just seeing her, you know, and seeing her sister do the same thing gave them a bond, right? And I think that's true in many situations when, you know, siblings or friends or whatever break a rule, there's like a bond. And I got it that way. It brought up a lot of that for me. So did I judge her? No, because that's just what we do. I mean, it felt very Seinfeld-esque. You know what? It's What's interesting is I think you're so right about like two people who are really close, even though they are at odds with each other, they're really close. They're sisters. They Now they're grandmothers. Like they, every single year they meet here, like they have history. And so it, within the context of that world, they're allowed to make fun. Like there's an understanding between them that they're not really saying or doing anything mean in regards to someone like Helen Keller. And, um, but then on the other hand, there was this little part in the narrator's mind where she was like, oh my God, my sister, who is so proper, follows all the rules, including like ones that you're not supposed to make fun of people, part of Judaism. And now she's doing that. She's making fun of someone who's blind and deaf. That's just wrong. And it made it so right for them in that moment. Yeah. Well, we know Maxine because she's been taking our classes for years and years. And Maxine has a great sense of humor. Uh-huh. She's goofy. She's fun. Right. And yes, she shows up in the same jeans and t-shirt every single time. Like she, that's just who she is. And for this little moment, her sister came to the dark side with her. And there's a bond. Wait, are you saying that because her outfits show that she's on the dark side? Yeah. Yeah. That she's not like orthodox uh, anymore. So she's gone to the dark side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So for a second, she got a tiny inkling of like approval, yeah. you know, or just bond from the sister. And I just, I love that so much. Because her sister came to the dark side. Exactly. That's funny. Do you think our radio listeners are going to get mad? Because now we took this like very private moment and now it's public. 
I'm just wondering, will they? And if, if anyone gets pissy at us, let us know. We're open. Yeah, sure. <laughs> piss on us. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, piss on us. <laughs> uh, amazing how this specific moment told this whole story about, about two sisters, one already on the dark side, the other one coming over. Love it. I love how you see it that way. That's cool. I don't get jaded. I work too hard. I want to be famous. I never let my guard down. I think what had happened was I thought it'd bring us happiness. Thank you, Poop, for sharing your story. And thank you for listening. Writing Class Radio is hosted by me, Andrea Askowitz. And me, Allison Langer. Audio production by Matt Kundal, Evan Serminski, Chloe Edmont Lane, and Aiden Glassy at the Sound Off Media Company. Theme music is by Martinino Toussaint. There's more Writing Class Radio on our website, writingclassradio.com, including stories we study, editing resources, video classes, writing retreats, and live online classes. Join our writing community by following us on Patreon. If you want to write with us every week, you can join our first draft weekly writers groups. You have the option of joining Allison Langer on Tuesdays, 12 to 1 Eastern, and or Eduardo Wink, Thursdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. You'll write to a prompt and share what you wrote. If you're a business owner or an entrepreneur or a community activist or a group that needs healing, we can help you, your team, write better. Check out all of our classes on our website, writingclassradio.com. We'll come join the community that comes together for instruction and excuse to write, and most importantly, the support from other writers. A new episode will drop every other Wednesday. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Shining like I was a ghetto bird. I don't want to lead a ghetto first. It's all that I need. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.